excited come on come on all right let's get them in let's get them in get them seated and let's get started I'm excited to share with you let me ask a quick question is anybody back today that came last week on back to church Sunday are you back today because you said I'm gonna finish this series with you amen three of you praise God All right, you only got 48 more weeks to go, praise God. You're doing awesome. And if you miss one in between, you got to start again. Another, no, I'm just kidding. It's good, it's good to have you guys back, amen. Amen. We, we started uh, the, 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 the worship this morning. He started with, um, fill me up. And that just confirmed everything in my message. I was so excited to hear that. Any of you ever been driving around and it's been a long week and you haven't looked at the gas gauge in a few days? And it's always, you know, you're in the middle of going someplace. It's always when you have very little time. You're, you're running late and all of a sudden, ding, and that little fuel light comes on. Anybody? I just need to know I'm talking to the right people. Anybody? Oh, okay, good, 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 good. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know exactly how far you can go on that, on that thing? Look, look around, look around. I'm talking to the right people today. I've been in people's cars and I point out, I say, whoa, your tank is empty, bro. And they, and they say, oh, no, don't worry, that just came on yesterday, I'm good. Because you've been there before and you know how much farther. You, did you know there's an actual website that you can go to to let you know how far your car can go on empty? It's called uh, uh, tankonempty.com. Look at that. That's the only note somebody's writing down today. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. He's like, I got to get that website. Why do we even have that website? Because so often, so many of us are running around on empty. Come on, say amen. amen. We're running around on empty so often that people want to know how much further can I get? How far can I push this? How safe am I before I'm just going to stop and the car's going to end up? How many of you got to the point where the car just stopped? Any? Not, not too many. You have some. Some of you are good then. You, you push it right to that little line. You know exactly the bottom line, and, and you guys know I don't want to, you know, kind of lecture you on it. It's a gamble, right? It's a risk. It's stressful. It makes you drive differently. It makes you focus differently. And the more you do it, the more common it becomes, and the more used to it you are. Come on. Until it gets to the point where running on empty is just what you do. The sad thing, that's how many of us live our lives. 
Ay, toma. I'm not talking about your cars now. That's how many of us live our lives. And, and the more and more people I talk to, the more people I hear from, more and more, all I hear is I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so burnt out. Anybody in this room? And, and you actually hear the comments, man, I've been running on E. I'm running on E. Anybody been spiritually running on E? Listen, the reason I even started this series, the reason I bought the book by Bill Hybels, the title Simplify, was because that's right on the back cover, that's what he talks about. That's so many people that all he hears, he, all he does is he travels and he ministers to pastors all across the, 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 the world, actually. And all he hears from pastors everywhere, I'm so tired, I'm running on empty, I'm so exhausted. And when I heard that, and that's what I'm hearing here, I said, this is the book for now. This is This is now. This is where we are. I got to get this. And th because there's too many of us running on empty. Amen? So listen, here's one quote from the book. We become so accustomed to life at a frantic pace that we're no longer able to discriminate between the important and the unessential. It's the same thing we said last week. We can no longer eliminate the unnecessary so the necessary can speak to us. Amen? So I want to continue today, like I promised, our series, Simplify. And we spoke last week about, I just wanted to kind of to, you know, give you a heads up and, and get some, some things settled. And so we spoke about the local church and all the things that the local church shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a place for hypocrites. It shouldn't be, it's also not a place for perfect people. It shouldn't be a place where you have to pretend to have it all together. Come on, keep the amens coming. I like that. It shouldn't be a place where we have to hide behind masks. It shouldn't be a place where we judge those bold enough to not hide behind masks. It should be a place where we can come as we are, but find the strength to not stay that way. Woo! Thank you very much. Goodbye. I'm leaving. The local church, for those of you that are new to all this, let me tell you one thing the local church is not. The local church is not this building. The local church is us. The local church is you. I laugh when I hear people say, church is boring. I said, that means you're boring. Try, how about this? Try stepping out in faith. Try getting connected to God. Try asking God to put you on mission and to, to use you to accomplish something. Try being used by God. Try, try helping. Try serving. Try being a part of something. If church is boring, you're not doing something. I need to get a shield here. If church is boring, you're not doing something. Let me clear something up real quick because I feel this pressure sometimes. I am not here to entertain you. This is not uh, comedy improv or something. I don't have to be, be no, I just got to bring you the word, amen? And, and if, I, if I choose to sit on a stool and talk really low, if you don't like that kind of preaching, you can go someplace else. But, but you understand, I'm not here to entertain you. This is just me. I do this because this is me. 
You understand? But, but we have a lot of other ministers in the church, and they're different. And, and don't come to me anymore saying, oh, I like when this guy, I don't like when this guy talks. Shut your mouth. When have you gotten up here? Do you understand the pressure? I just want to put that out there, amen? If, if somebody's entrusted with a pulpit, listen, check your word. If it's not in the word, then, then no, don't hesitate. Get the heck out. Don't listen to the clown if it's not. But, but if it's scriptural... Even if you don't like the style, get over yourself. Amen? If, you, if this guy's not funny and you want it funny, go to a comedy show. But, but, but you understand, find, find yourself where you can hear the word consistently. And that's what matters, okay? So I'm not here. If you think I we're here to entertain you, you missed the message. And that's why more and more church leaders are burning out and they're exhausted while church members are church hopping and church switching. Let me drop this on you. The healthiest place to be is in God's will. And if that's a church of 24, that's the healthiest place for you to be. If it's a church of 24,000, that's the healthiest place for you to be. Amen? It's not where it's happening the most or where there's the more lights or where there's the more music or where there's the better musicians or where there's the better speaker. No, it's where God has you. That's what matters. Amen? Okay, so I want to talk today about, I want to talk today about getting healthy. I want to talk today about not running on empty anymore. I want to talk to you today about how do you fill your tank. Say amen. amen. In a message titled, you can't do it empty. Tell somebody next to you, you can't do it empty. You can't do it empty. See, most of us live such fast-paced lives, such hectic schedules that we end up running on empty. And, and you know when you're running on empty. How many of you know when you're running on empty? You're not you when you're empty. Watch this commercial. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eat a Snickers. Better? Better. Hi. How about that? That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers you're not you hurt. when you're hungry. You're not you when you're empty. Amen? You know when you're empty, you get upset quicker. Oh, I'm talking to the right people now. You get mad, you get mad at the simplest things. Right? In my, in my job, there's a couple of, I, I, I work in two different locations, and so sometimes we walk in and sometimes there's a company shuttle, and I'll jump on the shuttle if it's there. And there's a couple of shuttle drivers, and, and I know them intimately already because I'm always going back and forth. That's my job, right? And so there's one guy that you can tell when this guy's on empty, he honks at everybody. I mean, he just leaves on, eh, eh. You, you know those guys, maybe hopefully you're not any of those people. You know those people that you're waiting at the light and they're behind you? And it's like they got the hand on the, on, the, on the horn. So as soon as it turns green, they could go. And you're like, bro, it just turned green, man. Right? Hopefully, that's, some of you look embarrassed. It might be you. Get off the horn, man. The horn is for emergencies, amen. 
So you know when you're, when, you're, when you're running on empty, we have two reactions. We blow up or we break down. Usually that's a, a male and female thing, but sometimes those get switched. Right? You have guys just blow up when they, wow, what are you talking about? Flipping out over the littlest things. And then you have sometimes women will just break down crying. Like, mamita, there's no milk. I'll get milk. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, but there's never any milk. <laughs> and sometimes it's reversed. The guys will break down. Yeah, man, but I'm just tired of doing, you know. And, and you know when you're running on empty, amen. When we're running on empty, we make bad decisions. Oh, yes. I love these people today. All right, you're feeling it. When you're running on empty, we don't think before we speak. When we're running on empty, we, 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 we tend to be more depressed, more sad. We get anxious. We, and, then, and then we turn to things to try to help with our symptoms. Listen, we overeat. We overdrink. We overmedicate. We overwork. We overspend. Yeah, no amens anymore. What happened? Now I get too personal, right? Sometimes, some of us, when we're on empty, we isolate, we withdraw, we pull away from people. When we isolate, when we withdraw, we turn to things to, to meet our needs. We turn to pornography. Why? Because we don't have the energy to, to build a healthy intimacy, we turn to an intimate intimacy. Uh, we turn to an imitation intimacy. We're online with meaningless relationships. When you're empty and you're drowned, you can spend four hours going through Facebook, people. All day trolling, trolling through Facebook. You spend hours, you, 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 you pursue fake intimacy with other people that you shouldn't be. You have affairs, you have these online chats where you can pretend to be anybody you want to be. All of this happens when we're empty, amen? Because you're not you when you're empty. You're not you. So you're trying to find something meaningful, but you can't do that empty. You're trying to find some joy, but you can't do that empty. You're trying to find some real satisfaction, but you can't do it empty. It's just like when you run your car on empty. Let me, let me break that down for you in case you didn't know. It's bad for your car. Some of you are like, shut up. It's bad for your car. What happens is all the debris, all the water, all the stuff that, that settles to the bottom of your tank, you bring that in through the gas filter, through the gas pump. It causes all kinds of damage. Ultimately, it leaves you stuck someplace you didn't intend to stop at. That's so spiritual. My God. When we run ourselves empty, we start to mess with all the junk that's no good for us. We take in all the garbage that's not healthy for us. Singles, when you're empty, you'll settle for a substitute. You didn't even see that one coming. I was like. Singles, you'll find yourself with a fill-in. You'll settle for a stand-in when you're empty. I'll tell you because I love you, all right? We take in garbage. We tolerate the junk. And ultimately, we end up stuck someplace you never saw yourself even stopping at. On the flip side, this is the good side. When you're running on a full tank, how many of you know when you're running on a full tank? 
How many of you can tell when your significant other or when your friend or when somebody in church or at work, you know when they're running on a full tank, amen? You're scared to stand next to them. If, if it's winter, you, you're warming your hands off of them when they're so hot. When you're running on a full tank, you feel closer to God. You're, you're able to pay attention. You're able to hear and see God operating in your life. When you're, when you're full, man, it's a different pace entirely. You can still be busy. Listen to me. You can still have plenty to do. Simplified living isn't just about doing less. It's about doing the right things. And it's about doing the right things better and learning not to sweat the small stuff. Simplified living, come on, wherever, listen, and listen to me, wherever you are on the belief scale right now, whether you believe in God or not, it's evident in the complexity of human life to, to me that we were created with a purpose. If you, if you doubt that, just look at somebody pregnant next to you. Sorry. There's somebody in that corner if you just want to check it out. But, it, but if you just look at a pregnant person, you can, you'd have to be a moron to say that happened by accident somehow. That the way that works, the men and women and da 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 ba ba da ba ba da and then birth and then growth and then un <coughs> woo, understand evolution couldn't do that because evolution is something that, that has to develop over thousands and millions of years. If this didn't work right out the package, then the baby would die or there, there, would, there would be nothing happening. And for something to evolve, things have to survive. Do, do you get me? So if this, this thing didn't work, the male, female, the egg, the, I don't want to you know, get graphic, but you understand. If that didn't work right from the start, there's no way we could have lived to evolve for it to work. That's a whole other message entirely, but you understand. You look, at, you look at this and you say, there's definitely something special about us. There's definitely something awesome in us. If he, let me tell you what it is. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship. We're God's workmanship. Listen, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that. I love knowing that I'm God's workmanship, that I'm God's handiwork, that I'm his artistry, that I'm his creativity, I'm his craftsmanship. I love knowing that I was created in the image of God. Never then can I tell myself, you're an idiot. You're no good. You're junk. You deserve to be treated like garbage. You deserve to be stepped on. You No, I am the image of God. Woo! I'm the handiwork of God. God doesn't make junk and he doesn't make garbage. We're all different. But listen, where I lack in some areas, I excel in three others. Woo! We get upset sometimes because I can't do what this person can do. No, I can't play any instruments like they can play. But I excel in three other areas. Amen? And we're different and God created us different and it's just amazing. I'm the handiwork of God. <coughs> If you look at my DNA, you ever seen the strand of DNA with the way they describe? If you look at my DNA, it doesn't say monkey. It doesn't say chimpanzee. <laughs> it doesn't say Big Bang. It doesn't say accident. 
It says complex creativity. It says creative design. It says created in Jesus. If you look at my tag, it says made by God. Come on. We're God's workmanship. I'm God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does that tell us? That verse alone tells us we were created with a purpose. And what's the purpose? I was created to do good things. I was created to accomplish awesome things that God has set up for me to do. Man, that's purpose. You should run out the building. You don't need anything else. That's purpose. You were created to do awesome things that God already prepared for you to do. If you haven't done anything, find out what it is and start doing it. Your life will be turned upside down, amen? But you can't do it empty. (laughs) That's the problem. We can't do it empty. God's, listen, 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 let let me drop this in case you were wondering. God's will for your life is for you to be filled up. Let me prove that to you with a scripture. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If anybody wants you empty, it's the enemy. I've heard this quote for 100 years. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. I love that Jesus says, I came that you may be full. Now listen, don't get this twisted. He didn't say, I came that you may be rich, although there's riches for you. He didn't say, I've come that you may be prosperous, although there's prosperity for you. He didn't say, I've come that you may be happy, although you can find joy in God. He He didn't say, I've come that you may feel good. God didn't come that you may feel good. He said, I came that you may be full, that you may have a full life. I love that. Some translated that you may have life to the fullest. Some translated to the overflowing. Some say that you may may have life, the abundant life. There's a difference between having a lot of things in your life and having life to the fullest. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You could have everything and not be full. Look at Hollywood. Look at our rappers and our artists and our our actors. They got everything. They got 16 cars. They don't remember what it's like to drive that other car. They have the best cars, not humpties like us. They got like cars, you know what I'm saying? And then they have money in the bank and they have accounts here and accounts in other countries. And there's money and there's fame. And when they walk down the street, people are like, oh, my God, can you sign my forehead and my belly, whatever. <laughs> right? I mean, they have this fame. They have, they have, they have everything. And what are they? they're still addicted to $10 drugs the same way a junkie in South Bronx is. Why? Why? Because you can have everything and not be full. And what do, we, what do we see in the news? They're killing themselves. Can you imagine? I know some of you saying, come on. If I had everything that man had, no way would I be killing myself. But you don't know. Because you can have everything and not be full. It's sad. But we pursue those things which don't satisfy. Our whole life is consumed pursuing things that don't satisfy. And, and church and God is just a side thing. 
Ah, if I make it to church, I make it to church, I feel like a good guy. No, when we're pursuing everything, work and jobs and positions and titles, we're pursuing money, 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 you know, good, good investments, all this stuff. We pursue all the stuff that doesn't satisfy. Oh, that's, a, that's, let me chill out. There's a story found in, in three of the Gospels, in Matthew 19, in Mark 10, and in Luke 8, about a rich young ruler. He comes up to Jesus in front of his disciples and he tells them, hey, 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 what must I do to have eternal life? What must I do to be saved? And, and this man, understand, this man was in high standing in the synagogue. So he was a respected man. This man was very rich. So he had all the wealth that he could, he could uh, want. He had power. He had authority. And now he sees that he's missing something. And he wants to acquire it the same way he's acquired everything else. And so he thinks he can just add Jesus to everything he has. He says, if, if there's a way that I can just go to heaven, then I want to buy that. How much is it going to cost me? And it's almost like he's pulling out his bag of gold nickels with Jesus. And he says, hey, oh, hey, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you or something. How much is it going to be over there so I can get, you know, eternal life? And Jesus is looking at him maybe with his, with his bag of gold quarters, you know, and, and Jesus is saying, wow. What must you do? And, and, and so Jesus tells him, you, 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 you're from the synagogue. You, you, you know. You keep the commandments, right? He's hitting him with the law because he, he, that, that he understood. And, and he says, you know what the law says. He says, don't steal, don't kill, don't lie. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what does the man say? The man says, well, you know, all those things I've done since I was little. Can you imagine the arrogance telling Jesus or telling anybody, oh, yeah, I've kept, I've never lied Never cheated, never wanted to kill anybody. He said, I kept all those. So Jesus seeing, he looked at him and he tells him, okay, you lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor and then follow me. And you'll have treasure. He even promised them something and you'll have treasures in heaven. So it wasn't even an empty thing to do. It was something with a promise. And the word says, and the man went away sad. Because he was very rich. The man went away sad because, does that even make sense? You To go away sad because you're so rich? And it's not that Jesus had a problem with rich people because we see in other places there were plenty of rich people around them and he never told them, you got to go sell everything, you can't be rich. It wasn't a, a, a money issue, it was a heart issue. You could have everything and not be full. Jesus was telling them, listen, you're going to have to simplify to follow me. You can't follow me. You can't be my disciple when you're worried about all this other stuff, when you're attached to all this other stuff. And church, I see this scenario play out many times right here on a Sunday morning. When me or one of the preachers, we make a call and people, we tell people, you need to lay down your stuff, man, and just come to God. You need to lay down your lifestyles, lay down your, your issues, your strongholds, your habits. And, and it's sad because we see people go away sad because they don't want to let go of the bitterness that they're holding, of the anger that they're holding. They don't want forgiveness. They want to be forgiven by God, but they don't want to offer forgiveness. And God says, go first take care of that and then come and I'll forgive you. And it's sad because we see people going away sad. And so the question, obviously, you know, I, I didn't come here to present all the problems. I want to present some help. Amen? Anybody want some help? This helped me, and I, I pray that it helps you. It's the only reason I'm bringing it to you because it really helped my life, and I want to share it with you. 
How do we live this full life? How do we keep ourselves from running on empty? I want to take some of the principles from the book and just share them with you real quick. The first step is we have to find out what fills our tank. How many of you know you can't just put any gas in your car? Some of you have diesel cars. Some of you have gasoline cars. Now we have gas stations that have methanol. You can't go putting methanol in your humpty. If it doesn't run on methanol, if you put the wrong gas, how many, I've, I've seen so many people, they put diesel in their engines and destroy it. They'll put gas in a diesel engine and wreck it. You can't, right? So you have to find out first what fills your tank. Church, this might not sound very spiritual today, but I, I guarantee you this will change your life. This is going to enhance your spiritual walk with God. So then we could get into the deeper things of God, but uh, until we can't do that empty, amen? There's no point in me coming up here and, and exegeting a whole passage of Scripture if we're empty, because we can't do that empty. We can't grow spiritually until we're full. Come on. You still with me? When your tank is empty, you have nothing to offer. And unfortunately, that's been common in the church, in the American church. The churches are empty. Because there's nothing to offer. And I've been telling you for weeks, you're the light of the world. But for a light to shine, it got to get charged up. It's a simple, right, a law of electricity. For a light to, 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 to shine, it has to be either charged up or it has to be connected to the source. Let me give you something you might understand here. <coughs> Just like your smartphones. How many of you know, like by 3 or 4 o'clock, that joint is almost dead? Right? It's because you've been Instagramming all day, you've been, you've been Facebooking, or you've been taking 100 selfies, you know, every day. So by 2 or 3 o'clock, your, your joint is dead, right? Your battery's red. How many of you right now, your battery's red? Check your phones. <laughs> Some of you play yourself like you weren't already on your phone. You're like, oh, let me get my phone. I don't know where it is. Right. I wish I could put your posts up here. Just like your smartphones, as you communicate and you use all your energy, you start to lose power. Once you're empty, you can't perform the same things that you could do when it was full. Are, are, you, are you catching the picture? Listen, I have one of these phones now that, that has, um, it's, it's, it's away from the Apple camp. I'm sorry, but I'm going back to the Apple camp. But anyway, that's not important. I have one of these phones that has an ultra power saving mode. If you're a Samsung person, you understand. So this tells you that once you slip into ultra-power-saving mode, you can't do the things you could do when it was charged up. But your phone will stay alive. Follow. In power-saving mode, it dims the light on the screen very low, and it makes everything grayscale so you don't see anything in color. This is so spiritual. I pray you go with me on this. In ultra-power-saving mode, it tells you that data... Is turned off when your screen is turned off. So what does that mean? When your screen is turned off, you can't get any messages. You can't get any calls. You can't get any correction, any directions. You can't use your GPS. You're not going to be able to communicate. When the screen is off, your communication is cut off. And then it hit me. I said, I think too many Christians are on ultra power save mode. I said, I got it. I understand why, why so many people don't have to come to church every week. You're on ultra power save mode. 
I understand why there could be 300 people here on a Sunday and 25 here on prayer night. I understand. Why? Because you're on ultra power save mode. You're not wasting your energy so you can last. Last night I tried it. I was at 29%. I put it on ultra power save mode and it said I could now be on standby for 3.6 days. On 29% battery I could last for 3.6 days. But I can't do anything. But my phone won't be dead. Does anybody see the stupidness in this? So for 3.6 days, I can't use it. What's the point of having it if it doesn't do anything? That's the picture of church sometimes. That's the picture of some church people. That means you don't have to recharge every week. We can skip church. You don't have to be connected to the body of God. We can go without talking to God for a long time. We can go without prayer for a long time. I'm on standby mode. We can go weeks without hearing from God through reading his word. We don't need to get any direction. We don't need to get any instruction because you can't do that on empty anyway. You won't get any messages. You won't get any direction, any instruction. Oh, come on, man. I think some people are afraid to be fully charged. I think this is the truth. I think we're afraid to be fully charged because if we were charged in and connected, we might hear some messages. Listen, when you're empty, you can sit here on a Sunday and you can have the best speaker dropping the best word and you're not hearing anything. You're just like, ooh, a little bit longer today. I wonder if he's a football fan. I wonder if he knows what time it starts. I wonder if he's a base, you know, and whatever. You're thinking a hundred things. I left the crock pot on. I hope I can get out of here soon enough. I wonder when I can slip out. Maybe if he makes everybody stand, I can go to the bathroom and make it right to the door. I love this church because the bathroom is by the door. If you're on empty, you're not receiving nothing. You can't hear a message. You understand? So I think we're scared to get connected because then we'll hear a message. Then we'll hear the call of God. Then our GPS will turn on. When your GPS turns on, the first thing your GPS does is it finds your location. So that means your GPS will tell you where you are. And then it will tell you where you are and then it will give you directions on where you need to go. Some of us don't want to hear the directions. We like where we are. fuerte, right? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Let me leave you today with a couple of ways. I don't want to leave you like beat up. I want to leave you with a couple of ways on how to fill this tank. Amen? Amen? Because I love you. I love you. That's why I go through this. I love you. I wrestle with these words because I want you to be better, man. I want to give you something that can help you. Amen? So let me leave you today with a couple of, uh, I only got an hour and a half. All right. Let me leave you today with a couple of ways to replenish, to get filled up. First, you got to know what fills you up. Amen. We went through that. So you're not running on empty. You have to keep that in mind. You have to find what fills your tank. So here's some things kind of from the list that he puts on ways that you can replenish. One thing, one way that you can replenish, he lists as family time. Whoa, that doesn't even sound spiritual. Family time. I want to add to that good friends. Listen, when I sit on the sofa at home with my wife and my family, sometimes it's the one daughter, sometimes it's that daughter and the other daughter with the husband, with the daughter, with the other, and the cat. 
and we're all on one sectional. We're all touching, interlapped, and intertwined. That's how we are. We're a very cuddly family. If friends are over, they're in there too, just all cuddled up. <laughs> Listen, to me, that fills my tank. That fills my tank. I, I get up from there, not exhausted. Not to, it could be 3 in the morning. We watch stupid movies all, you know. But I get up from there, my tank is full. Family time. Listen, when I go out to dinner with my wife, and we, and we do this at least once, twice, three, four times a week. No, no, once at least, you know. <laughs> I don't want her to cook. I want us to go out. I love having time. I don't want her to waste time in the kitchen. See, I just became a superstar husband. I don't want to see her waste this time. She works hard, too, and she comes home at the same time as I do. Why should she slay, right? I'm a good husband, amen? All right, all right, all right. Stop, 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 stop. Stop, that wasn't my point. My point is, when I go out to dinner with her and we're sitting, and, and I want you to know, man, I run all this stuff by her. I tell her what I'm struggling. I tell her what I want to talk to. And she helps me. She helps me put these messages together. I leave that time. I'm filled up. I leave those times, it could be a bad, it could be, I mean, usually good food, but even if it's bad, you know, I leave that time filled up. I get charged up. Amen? When I sit with my friends, you know, when it's so nice that you can find friends that, that accept you and you can be yourself around. When you're with those people, it's not depleting, it's not draining. You leave filled up. Amen? Listen to me. If you don't have those kind of friends, then work on that. Be those kind of friends. How do you do that? Then you can't be the gossip, backbiting, rumor. You can't be that. Because, listen, nobody trusts somebody like that. And so when you're around somebody like that, you got to keep your guard up. you got to keep your mask on. So you're depleting. So you, you could be a depleting friend or a filling friend. Amen? Proverbs 27, 9 says, A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Isn't that beautiful? Some family, some friends can be very depleting. It matters who you surround yourself with. Say amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It matters who you surround yourself with. Here's another, another uh, filling element that he gives. Satisfying work. King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 5.18, it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his work. Isn't that crazy? He says, moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them and to accept his lot and to be happy in his work, that is a gift from God. Now listen, satisfying work is a tough one because a lot of us don't love what we do. We don't love our jobs. Anybody? I know there's three of you in here. You don't love your jobs. But listen to me. Listen, 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 especially if this is you. If you can't find satisfaction in the work that you do, then you have to come to God and you have to ask him either change my job or change my attitude toward my job. Big. This is big. Don't Listen to me. Don't go quitting your jobs and say, Pastor said... And then come to the church, Pastor, you got to pay my bills. I quit my job. I'm happy, I'm full, but I'm broke. <laughs> I said go to God, not your pastor. 
and ask him to change your attitude. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Uh, around this time last year, I, was, I had been now in the corporate world back because I had left full-time ministry. I went back to corporate, and I had been in maybe two, two and a half years, and I started, it started working on me, and I started getting to the point where, oh, everybody's trying to get ahead, and I, why, I shouldn't stay here. I should keep moving. I should be making more money. I should keep continuing. But I'm good now, though. But I got to this point where I need more money. I need, and then God had to check me and say, for what? And so I had to say, okay, God, change my attitude toward my job. And then I started to see, listen, the same job. I didn't change jobs. I started to see the blessings that I have at my job. I started to see the favor that I enjoy at my job. I started to see how the blessings, the, the way the lives I'm able to touch, the people I'm able to, to bond with and have life with. And I realized, man, I love my job. Amen? So I didn't change my job. I changed my attitude, and now my job fills me up. It's still, you know, there could be times when you want to punch somebody in the throat, of course. <laughs> but for the most part, I change. And listen, let me be honest with you. I have to do that with this job sometimes. Uh-oh. Don't get me wrong. I love being your pastor. I love this church. I love being able to do what I do. But dealing with people is very difficult. And it can be very depleting sometimes. I can be filled up, so excited, and then I get a phone call or an email, and people tell me, oh, you know, there's rumor and this and this gossip and this, and it's draining. All of a sudden, I'm dry. It can be very discouraging, and I have to remind myself, and I have to remind my wife, and my wife has to remind me, we can't do this work empty. We have to stay filled up, otherwise we'll become the crazy pastors. We've had many of those, amen? If I stay empty, I'll be a different person. Also, I can't rely on excuses or people and use people as excuses for me to stay empty. Uh-oh, let me drop this on you real quick because this is important. When you're empty, it's your responsibility to get filled up. It's not your spouse's. It's not your mama's. It's not your pastor. Tell somebody, it's not your pastor. It's not your church. I, man, I want to punch people in the mouth when they come. Oh, I'm not being fed. So what? You're 47. How you want me to feed you? Pick up the spoon. I bet you eat a steak, though. I bet you don't need my help at the, at the, at the steakhouse. It's your responsibility when you're empty to fill yourself up. Amen? Woo! I'm glad I got that off my chest. It's your responsibility to get connected. It's your responsibility to get filled out. Let me go through this. There's 18 more steps. No, no. Another one he mentions is recreation. Listen, we don't think about this in church. We think everything has to be church. Everything has to be Christian. I got to do Christian swimming. I got to play Christian soccer. No. Find out what you like to do. Find out what fills your tank. Find out what, what excites you and have some fun. Amen? I'm not giving you license to sin. Don't get me twisted. I'm saying find a hobby. Find something. Listen, sometimes you, we, we, we can't get... Wait, wait, let me stay here for a minute. Sometimes we can't get the satisfaction from our jobs... And so we have to find other places that, that will get this kind of joy. And kind of, so it could be in music. It could be in skating. It could be in photography. It could be a passion that you have. 
It's okay to enjoy yourself. Amen? Find something that fills you and stay full. Be passionate about it. Here's another one. Rest and sleep. If you're like me, you hated hearing that. That one bothered me. I, I hated reading that because, listen, I work two full-time jobs. I maintain a family. I maintain a lot of friendships. I sleep at regular four to six hours a night. And that's just me. And I know that it's not healthy for me. I know sometimes I'm on the five train like a crackhead. Like. Right? Any of you? Because I'm not sleeping. I got four hours sleep. And so I'm hitting people with my head. I got people giving me that stank eye, like. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, well, leave me alone. Listen, when I, on a night that I get six to eight hours sleep, I feel brand new. We need to get rest, amen. We need exercise. We need rest. Those are ways we need to get filled up. I know I'm preaching that one and I have to live that one. But I'm being honest with you about it. Amen. And I don't need to quote a dozen scriptures there about God giving us rest because, and being our rest because that's just being religious. God could be our rest, but if I don't lay my head down for a couple hours a night, I'm not going to get rest. Amen? Okay, and this is the one I'm going to close with. This is the main one. How do we get filled up? We need to connect with God. We need to connect with God. To get filled up, we need to connect to the source. I don't know about you, if, you, if this is all new to you, talk to the person that invited you here. But when we're spending time with God, we feel less concerned about what everybody else's agenda is. When I'm connected with God, when I'm so, I feel so close to God, I don't care what you say about me on Facebook. I don't care what anybody's dropping rumors about. When I'm connected with God, I feel whole, Amen. I'll be honest with you, this past week was a really, really rough one for me. I gave everything I have on a Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, I tried to empty myself completely. I don't hold back any reserve for me. I just want to give everything. And so I leave here with the battery, you know, doo-doo, doo-doo, and then it shut down. You know, you're on 3%. You know when your phone says you're on 2%. And it's like, whoa, I should take that seriously. I left, I left here, my battery icon was red. And, and I still had to go to work Monday. I still had to go to work Tuesday. But listen, thankfully, last week, there was prayer on Wednesday. I know many of you didn't know this. That was a secret. But let me tell you, every other week, we have prayer on Wednesday. Believe it or not. It's the best kept secret at the sanctuary. And, and this past Wednesday, out of the blue, we had an old friend, a special old friend named Julian, man. And he just came. And he, and he sat on the keyboards and just shared word and shared worship. And I tell you, within in 45 minutes, I went from red to green all the way. I was so charged up. I was ready. I went back to work Thursday in ministry mode. Say, who needs a slap on the head? Who needs Jesus? Who needs a word? Who needs a word today? Who needs a word? Right? Going into, God said, put the cookie down. But listen, you can't do this empty. 
I've, I've told you my secrets. I listen to sermons on the way in and on the way out. I listen to worship music. I study the word. I read books right now. This week I was reading three books at once, I'm, and I read them on my phone because I don't have time to be, right? I read them on my phone, on the bus, on the train. I'm trying to make use of all that time. That's how I keep myself charged up, amen? We got to stay connected. Worship team, come on. We got to stay connected. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Church, we fill up by seeking God. I don't want to invade or overstep my bounds, but Sunday should be a regular uh, item on your outlook calendar. It shouldn't be, well, if there's no baptisms, if there's no uh, graduation, if there's no special cousins, wedding, sisters, somebody getting married, if there's no, then I'll go to church. No, that should be your priority. It, sh- it just should be. It should be a regular item on your itinerary. We have prayer. I, don't, I, don't, I beat that up already. There's prayer every other Wednesday. Now we're starting every other Wednesday. When there's not prayer, there's discipleship. And again, like we said, that's not for just new people. That's for any people. The book we're using is God Questions. So if you have any God questions, that's a good time to come with a small group and just kind of chew it out. You know, and kick it around and go back and forth. So bring your doubt. Bring your questions. Bring your unbelief. It's okay. And let's just do life together on Wednesday nights. Amen? Bring your undercharged batteries. And just get charged up, amen, because you can't do it on empty. Family, it's time to simplify our lives and silence the unnecessary so the necessary can talk. I need some people today willing to stand this morning. I want you to be able to stand and say, I'm done living empty. I'm done with empty living. I'm done running on E. I will not allow myself to be depleted anymore. It's your responsibility. You have to make that choice. I can't do it for you. You have to say, I'm done living on E. I don't like who I am when I'm empty. Amen. This section got it. I don't like who I am when I'm empty. I'm done living empty. I'm done. I I will not let people or situations or agendas or jobs or bosses, I won't let them deplete me anymore. I'm going to keep myself filled up. I'm done running garbage through my system. I'm done running on junk and settling for substitutes. Ephesians 5.15 says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Wow. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Can we commit today to plugging in? to staying plugged in. Listen, right now, some of you, you took a heartbeat today. I'm sorry. And if you looked at your spiritual cell phone, it'd probably be low. I'm going to give you a couple more minutes before you leave this building. Pastor E's going to come. The worship team is here. The musicians, our leaders, who are no better than any of you, but we just want to commit to staying plugged in. And we're going to be here for the next couple of moments. We're going to worship together. And I just invite you. It's like, it's like, look, see, oh, look at how perfect this is. I didn't even set this up. There's empty slots on the charge. Woo, come on. There's empty. 
what does that mean? That means there's room for you to come and plug in. Amen? God, God says, there's always room for you to come and plug in at my house. There's always room for in, in, with me for you to come and plug in. So I invite you, get out of your seats, man. I invite you to come and charge. A couple of, this is like a supercharge. You don't need to be an hour and a half. When you connect with God, you, you watch that battery go. It's amazing. Come fill your tanks for a couple of moments. If you've never made this decision to follow God, if you've never said, God, I, I want to be connect, connected to you. I want to be plugged in more than just to charge my batteries. I want to know that I have life. I want to know that, that you're in my life. I want to know that your GPS, your Holy Spirit is in me. I want to know that I'm connected. Then, then come up. We'll have a prayer team up here right now as they come. And let, we'll let them pray with you. Yes. If you need to make that decision, come make that decision, man. It'll be the best choice you ever made. Come get plugged in. Go ahead, Ian. Hallelujah. Let's just worship before we leave with the song we started this service. And if you're one of those that need to just be plugged in, come up. We'll pray with you. We'll plug you in. We'll plug you into a source that never loses its power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bye. 